0: Well, Pastor Alex and his beautiful wife Tanae are just an amazing, amazing couple, and, uh, and I am just so honored uh, to have you here in Salt Lake City, man. It is always a blast, and uh, you know, you're know you just good looking, and uh, you're, you are attractive, uh, but, he's, but you're anointed, and, and
1: uh, we are honored to have you. So as Alex comes up, can we stand to our feet and give him a hand and a welcome? Get ready, get ready.
0: Oh, can we give Jesus a shout? Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Incredible. Well, I feel, I feel right at home with my, uh, my Salt Lake City fam. So I hope you guys consider me family now. This is my third time out here. Uh, praise God it's not freezing. I told Pastor Vince and Becca, please pray before I come because it was looking like it was going to be pretty cold. And I mean, this is kind of cold for San Diego, but uh, I'm, I'll make it work. My wife, we're making it work. Uh, but we're so thankful to be here. How awesome are your campus pastors, Pastor Vince and Becca. Some of my favorite people. I wish we weren't so far, but at the same time, I get to see you guys all the time, so I'm not really too upset about it. And, uh, so thankful for our lead pastors, Pastor Juergen and Leanne, um, back in San Diego. How many are thankful for Pastor Juergen and Leanne? Incredible, incredible. and grateful for this pulpit that they have allowed me to be in. and. Uh, we're in this series called The Weekend That Changed the World. It's a brand new series. I think we got it up on the slide, or we're going to put it up in a second. Uh, look at those colors. Come on, media team. And uh, The Weekend That Changed the World, because Easter's coming up. And uh, I grew up Catholic and Jewish, so the only time I went to church was twice a year, Christmas and Easter. Anybody relate? Anybody do that growing up? Yeah, a couple people. Everyone everyone else here is very, very um, on top of it. And, uh, and so, a weekend that changed everything—Jesus going to the cross, Jesus resurrecting—and uh, I can't think of a more fitting weekend, a more fitting Sunday, to open up this series and actually hear from a man who fulfilled the God dream that changed the world. Um, as you saw in that last video, Presence America's Presence is our global conference, C3. Um, Salt Lake City is actually a part of C3 Global, which is a a movement across the entire world. And it was started by Pastor Phil and Pastor Chris Pringle in 1980 on Easter Sunday, which is pretty amazing. Uh, And it was in Sydney on the northern beaches. And their vision initially was 10 churches in 10 major cities across the world. Pretty big vision, right? But then once they had that, they said, okay, we're going for 1,000 churches across the world. 1,000 churches. So now we have currently 500 churches in 64 countries worshiping God, growing in a thriving movement. How many are thankful that we're part of a growing and a thriving movement of churches? And today we have a special treat. So for a few minutes, we're gonna actually get to hear from our founder, C3 Global founder, Pastor Phil Pringle, as he shares something with every single church. So this video is actually playing at every single church across the entire world over 500 churches today uh, and so we have the privilege of hearing from that so can we lean in can we take notes can we get excited for a few minutes we hear from our fearless leader pastor phil pringle
1: ac hey, 3 family what a pleasure it is to be speaking with you today in our church services all around the world i wanted to share with you something that i believe is very important from god to our congregations and to our churches Everywhere in the world today, we are moving into a new day with new oil at a new level and with new wine. I believe that there is new things that God is bringing in upon us that will cause us to expand, become bigger people, discover greater levels of the power of God and of the blessings of heaven coming on our lives. Let me read this passage to you. Luke five thirty-seven. No one. Pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the wineskins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. New wine must be poured into new wine skins, And no one, after drinking the old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. This is a fascinating piece of humanity where we, we ache for the old. We get sentimental and nostalgic and we think the old was better. But God wants to create momentum in our lives, which means going from one moment where we maximize that moment, take advantage of it, make the full opportunity of a moment that God gives us, and then that will give us traction into the next moment. And life is a string of moments which creates the word momentum. As we keep stepping out, we will find that the power of God is with us. Yeah, that's it. Never does God do anything without actually engaging you and I in the process. So for us to go to new levels, we need to take the step of faith. Jesus didn't say to the gentleman who had been sick for 38 years, hey, just stay there. Healing's going to come. He said, stand up, pick up your bed and walk. And as as he did that, that thought had never entered his head before. He was thinking, I'm going to get healed by another way. But as soon as Jesus said that, he discovered new wine. He got a new structure in his thinking. I can walk. And when he decided to take that step of faith, he found new wine, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. You don't find Jesus saying to the blind guy, just stay there, healing's going to come. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam, to the 10 lepers. He didn't say, just hang over there, guys. Healing's coming to you if you just stay where you are. When we are stuck, we will find not a lot happens. But getting unstuck means we'll hear God, we take a step and move into our future. I believe all around C3, we are seeing changes. We are seeing momentum. We are seeing people get traction As we take steps of faith and move into a new day with new wine, new revival, and a new fresh power from heaven coming upon us. As we we gain momentum, one of the, the great benefits of stepping out is discovering the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I in our congregations, we need to host the Holy Spirit. We need to remember that why we gather is so that we can worship. And I would like to think that every one of us are front-footed, leaning into that worship moment in our church services. I would like to believe that we would grow from our around 100 to 120,000 people in church on every Sunday to there being a million worshipers in the house of God. Just as a goal for you and I as C3 congregations, that there'll come a Sunday, in the future, in the not too far distant future, where there are a million worshipers in our congregations all around the world. And the reason I say worshipers is because I know that that is the environment, that is the atmosphere, that is the action of God's people that invokes the presence of God, that houses the God of heaven and earth, that hosts the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says... I want you to stir up the gift that is in you. Paul speaks to Timothy, and he says, I'm reminding you to stir up that gift that God has put on the inside of you. And when we stir up that gift in 2 Timothy 1.6, when we stir that gift up, we will find that the Holy Spirit is that gift and it manifests in some supernatural way. I believe with all my heart that we are in an age and a time where people in the world are searching for answers that are supernatural, not just natural. And I also believe that church people are getting bored and tired with doing church the way we've always done it. There is a new fresh element that we need to be reminded to stir up the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say we need to be open to hosting the Spirit of God in our services, that means there may be a need for us to create new wineskins for new wine. In our congregation, I've told our people, we're having longer services, people, because we shortened them to try and accommodate for people's time-poor, busy lives. But I found no one really clapped when I said that. But when I told them recently... We're having longer church services, people, so that we can linger longer in the presence of God. Not so I can preach longer, but so that we can actually spend more time soaking in the presence of God, letting His Spirit fill our lives. Now, that doesn't mean we're just every service. We're going to go on for hours and hours or anything. It just means I wanted people to have a new wineskin thinking, and actually structure ourselves with our children's ministry, with our serving people, with our volunteers, so that everybody would be on the page. Everybody was applauding, saying, yes, we're hungry for God. There is a hunger and a thirst for the Holy Spirit and for the outpouring of God's presence in every heart right around the world, especially in the church. This is a really great sign. That hunger and thirst means that God is planning on visiting us in an unprecedented way to take us all up a level, to take us into new realms. And so Paul says to Timothy, I remind you, because we forget. He said, I remind you to stir up or fan into flame, literally is what it means, the gift that is within you. Now Jude, he says, you will do this. You will stir up your faith. You will build up your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And that means speaking in tongues. That means speaking in a heavenly language. Stir up that gift, and as you unlock that, you will tune your spirit to hear the voice of God. You will cause life to come into your inner man. And as you stir up a gift that you have not been using, maybe such as prophecy or helps or giving or evangelism, Every single one of us in our congregations, as we stir up the gift that God has given us, we will find that that is the most exciting and encouraging and nourishing thing we can do for our spiritual life. Jesus says, my food, my nourishment is to do the will of Him who sent me. So when every one of us in our congregation say, yeah, I am put my hand up to serve with my gift, with what I can do, I can greet people. I can help count things. I can, I can be a car park attendant. I can serve in any area. When we stir up that gift, we will find ourselves actually feeling revival on the inside. We'll find a fire coming in. Now, Paul says it again to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14. He says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So impartation comes through prophecy, through ministry, through the laying on of hands, and gifts can be imparted into people's lives. And he is saying, don't neglect that gift. Don't be looking at other people's gifts and saying, oh, I wish I could, I could do what they do. You've got a gift. Some people have the gift of cooking, yeah. hospitality, hospitality. There are other people who don't. <laughs> and you, know, you don't want to be eating the food of the people who can't cook. But, but some people, they can welcome people into their homes, provide meals, help at church, never underestimate the power of hospitality to win people into the kingdom and to establish them in the house of God. Every one of us have a gift. I'm believing that as we become worshipers who house and host the Holy Spirit, we will find that we stir up the gifts that are on the inside of every single one of us and that by that gift, we will cause great growth, great expansion in the church and great revival in our people. Let me pray for you as I close. Father, I pray for the great gift of the Holy Spirit to be filling every single one of our members, every single person who's in the house of God, every single attender, every guest, every worshiper, So that, Lord, we would experience the fullness of being God's people on planet Earth today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Oh, come on. Can we give him a hand? Uh, Maybe
0: he can hear us all the way from Australia. Maybe not. Incredible. I love that. Worship, the power of the Holy Ghost, and the empowerment of your gifting. That's what we are all about at C3. I love how he talked about worship, because as you've probably noticed here, um, worship is not a warm-up. Worship is not a warm-up. It's not a warm-up just for the, the speaker to come or the person to preach. It's actually the main event. Worship is when things change. Worship is when you get in the presence of God and something can radically shift over your life, and so that's why we worship. And uh, and so today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about with the, with the weekend that changed the world, with the Really, at the end of the day, I think everyone wants to change the world in some way. Some of you may say, I just want to change my world. I want to change my family. And I think we all have to start there. But I think in some way, everyone has a yearning and desire to do more, to do something for God. And so I want to talk about the how. I want to talk about the what. Uh, And I believe that's the who of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we do that. And uh, it's not gonna be a whole lot of like in-depth teaching or all that, Pastor Vince is really good at that. So if you guys wanna hear from him on that, it'll just be my experience uh, with what I've found in my relationship with Jesus and, and, and the Holy Spirit. Because every one of us has a God dream, every single one of us. Just like Pastor Phil and Chris had a God dream to start a church and not everyone here wants to start a church, I totally get that. Um, it definitely wasn't what I was thinking when I, uh, when I was growing up, I can tell you that much. Uh, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we fulfill our mission. Whatever your mission is, it's by his power that we do it. There's no point in doing this life without the creator partnering with us. And I got saved four years ago in our church, and some of you uh, kind of know my story, and for those of you who don't, I'll give you a really quick uh, synopsis. Um, basically, I grew up Catholic and Jewish, which as you can probably imagine was a bit tricky and a bit confusing and a bit weird. Um, and so... I definitely wasn't like the expert on religion or spirituality or anything like that. I was actually very lost. And at nine years old, I lost my dad to a heart attack. The next year, my mom almost passed away from the exact same thing. So as you can probably imagine, fear, torment, anxiety, uh, all those things kind of gripped my life from an early age. And so I started to looking to other things because the Christians that I had around me weren't exemplifying what it would look like to actually have a relationship with God. Meaning the same stuff I was locked into, the same stuff I was tripping over, the same stuff that I was dealing with, they were dealing with. And uh, and not just because they were human, I think they just were walking it out and I'm not here to berate or, you know, be mad at them for anything. It was just reality. I saw, you know, I saw Christians preach all the time, but it was never the gospel because it was never good news. And uh, and so for me, I looked, at, I looked at Christianity early on and I looked at my Catholic-Jewish hybrid religion thing I had created and I said, neither of these things work, so let's figure out something else. And so I turned to drugs, I turned to alcohol, I turned to partying, I turned to all these things that Because the world tells you, hey, just do it for yourself, just live for yourself, make yourself better. Um, But the problem is, if you're the problem, you can't be the solution. (laughs) And so it took me uh, quite a while, 22 years, actually, to figure that out. Um, I ended up in high school, you know, partying all that stuff, went to college, thought that would fix it, didn't fix it, things got worse. And then at 21, uh, I got to take $100,000 of my college money, which was supposed to be used for college. I used it to go party and go crazy, and do it any 21 year old, well not any, none of you 21 year olds in here would probably do that your way smarter, but I moved to San Diego, and uh, I lived it up. I literally lived it up. I traveled around the world, uh, I got bottle service at all the clubs, it, it looked cool on Instagram, and the more deep I got down that rabbit hole, the more money I spent, the more I realized that money actually wasn't gonna solve my issues, that myself wasn't gonna solve my issues, I need something bigger. And so it took a year and a half of me destroying my life, to finally come to a place where I was willing to accept an invitation to C3 Church at our central campus location. And I gave my life to Jesus and uh, I got filled with the, with the Holy Spirit. And my life has never been the same, but two things happened to me when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Number one, I was given power to do what he had called me to do. And the second thing is, I became consumed with passion to do what he had called me to do. So the title of my message today is The Power to Change the World. So I'll pray real quick and we'll jump into this. Father, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for each family represented. God, I thank you that you know what you're doing, that you're speaking a word to them in season, that these are not my words, but they are yours. Holy Ghost, have your way. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's get some scripture. Let's go to John 16, verse seven. So Jesus is talking, Pastor Vince was actually sharing this this morning in our, uh, in our team huddle. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He's talking to the disciples. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, verse 8 says, but you will receive power, someone say power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 2, verse 1 to 4, he's talking about the day of Pentecost. It said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Say, someone say one accord. In one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all, someone say all, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it later goes on to talk about how Peter... Uh, who was the guy that cowered like less than a month and a half before that, when he got the opportunity to either accept Jesus in front of people who were going to crucify Jesus or deny him, he denied him. So we're talking about a guy who previously, a month and a half ago, how many of y'all are not too different a month and a half ago? Unless you're talking about the guys who went to Emerge, because I know y'all are way different now. Come on. Uh, But seriously, it's like a month and a half, like know, what what can happen? Obviously, God can do a lot, but sometimes things are processed. But a month and a half goes by. Nothing's different except for the fact that he had just got filled with the Holy Spirit. So someone who previously caved under pressure now preached the gospel to 3,000 people and they all got saved. Some would say that's a weekend to change the world. Some would say that's a moment to change the world, but he couldn't do it On his own. We saw that a month and a half earlier. A month and a half earlier, he denied Jesus to one person. A month and a half later, the power of the Holy Ghost came upon him. 3,000 people were saved. Some of you today are going to get filled with the power of God. And for the first time in your life, you're going to see things activated in your life that you've been trying on your own, trying in your flesh, trying to figure it out yourself. But for the very first time, the power of God's going to be behind you and things are going to be happening for you. And it just goes to show, I mean, honestly, like, with Peter's case, like our setbacks are really never as bad as we think they are. I thought mine were pretty bad, and they were, but four years later, God has done a lot and transformed lives through the power of the local church and through the Holy Spirit. but that was a day that changed the world, the Pentecost day and and I don't think it was a coincidence that it was the first day that the Holy Spirit showed up on the scene. I think he was trying to make a make a point. Now some of you are going to say that's awesome, that's really cool. The Holy Spirit came upon him to preach and all that stuff, but but I don't preach, I'm not, like, I'm not a preacher, I, I, you know, I'm at home with my kids, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a business owner, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. I've got good news for you, it still applies to you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He comes with gifts and fruits for us to partake in, which are meant to empower us into our mission for God. And for most of us, that's actually in the marketplace. We have a generation right now, growing up, and I can say that because I'm, I'm a millennial, um, forgive me later, that is looking for success, purpose, and influence above all attributes, above everything. Now more than ever as a church we need to step in and we need to step up in our sphere of culture. That's government, that's arts and entertainment, that's media, that's education, that's business and finance because your sphere of culture is actually your ministry. And we're empowered to do this by the power of the Holy Ghost because he's not limited to traditional ministry. He's not limited to just up here. I think a lot of Christians grow up and they say, Oh, well, I'll never be, you know, I'll never do anything great for God. I'll never build the church, all those things, because they think, oh, unless you're preaching or unless you're like Kelsey Kennington, playing the keys and worship leading, how amazing is she? I don't think anybody can worship leading. you know, like she's amazing. Or unless, you know, I go to, I go to third world countries and I, and I serve people there or I volunteer 30 hours a week in church, um, I can't serve God. If, I, if I'm not doing that, I can't serve God. I can't, but that's a lie. I can tell you right now, it couldn't be farther from the truth. People who need saving are not just in the church. I can tell you firsthand because I work at our HQ offices and I don't think anybody's ever just walked in and be like, I need saving. Like someone come save. Like, it doesn't have, Pastor Vince, I don't know. Maybe, maybe for you, maybe for you. But they're actually hanging out with us every day outside of these four walls. They're our neighbors, they're our coworkers, they're our employees, they're our school board members, they're our teachers, they're the people at the bake sale. They're, they're everywhere but here. And so we need to have influence in those places. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't serve at church on a traditional level. Um, if you want to do that and want to be empowered into your God-given gifting, I would definitely say come hang out with us at Pathways after this shameless bug. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a party, but you're going to learn what God has planned for you. And, uh, and my life is still honestly transformed because of serving, so I would never tell you it's not a good thing, but it's not the only way to serve God. It's not the only way to serve God. One of my favorite people, and someone I personally respect and look up to a lot, is actually, um, he, he's a man at our, at our San Diego campus, and his name's Colin Higginbottom. And uh, some of you guys know him here, and he's incredible. He's an eight-figure business owner. More than that, he's a great husband, a phenomenal father, uh, has a business in Seattle, but is, the guy's just, he just breathes influence, like, he just, he just does. And I remember one time, I, I was asking about calling. How many of us know, like, calling is, like, such a, like, we use that all the time, calling, purpose, like, and I was—I think I was like a year or two saved, and so I was like, what's my calling? What am I supposed to do? And he said, Alex, what you were called to do, the most sacred thing that you could do for God is wherever he calls you. So the most sacred thing you can do for God, which I previously thought was just be a preacher or was just worship lead or was just going on a third-world mission trip, but actually the most sacred thing you can do for God is whatever he's called you to. So some of you, that's being the best mom you could be. Some of you, that's being the best teacher. Some of you, that's being a member on a board of a business. Some of you, that's running a 10-figure business. Some of you, there's bigger things that God has actually called you to that he wants you to step into because people are on the other side of that. And most of us are actually called in the marketplace because that's where people are. We're called to have influence, and influence is not a cuss word for all of y'all. And it's not influence for influence' sake. I'm not talking just so you can have a lot of Instagram followers, or you can look cool there, you can post photos with your Ferrari, or have you know, huge houses, or have fancy cars, even though none of those things are inherently bad, but it's not influence for influence sake, it's actually to be a light to non-believers. The church, we are meant to have influence in every single sphere of culture, because that's where people are. And that's what matters to God. That's the what of the mission, people. And if we're meant to stand, stand out, we, we need something different than what the world has, the Holy Ghost the spirit of the living God living inside of us. This is why you and I have an obligation to live a big life. This is why us thriving matters, why the biggest, most successful, most profitable, most significant and influential businesses and people in Salt Lake City need to be ours. That should get a bigger shout of amen. I just released a lot of you to go out and be successful, to go out and do something great for God. That's exciting news. our success is actually evidence that the principles, of the lifestyle, that the ideology, that the Jesus we believe in works. That everything in this book actually is real. That you're not just showing up on a Sunday to check a box. You're actually living an empowered life here on earth that is different than what the world says or different than any other religion. We have a living God that represents us. It's time to partner with him in everything you do. Because what happens when you start seeing fruit on your life, people will start seeing fruit on your life when people start seeing fruit on your life, you can hang up a door sign, you can hang up a, you can put the yard sign in your yard, you can tell people to come to church, but they're gonna start asking you what you do. And it'll be easy invite. You wanna change the world? Live a big life that serves people, that glorifies God, where he has called you. And watch God create a platform underneath you to exalt himself. Because wherever you go, there he is. And you can point people to him. I remember, uh, I remember one time when I first came to church, a guy named Luke Wilborn actually invited me. And, uh, and I, when I, when he first invited me, I was like, ain't no way I'm going to a church. I'll burn up in one of those places. But uh, he said, no, come. And I came, I came wearing Catholic uh, mass clothes. So like, just imagine that on like a 5 PM service, like a night service or like casual service. Like it was just, it was all kinds of, it was, it was a little awkward. But um, I remember it was right after that. We were both a part of this company and uh, and we both had a bit of influence, um, him a bit more than me, but we both were passionate. We both were, you know, were, had a bit of influence in the company. And so we had this training, this corporate training in uh, Carlsbad, which is right near our North Campus. And we used to have a Saturday night service at our North Campus location. And so I had gone to that a few times. and been like, oh, this, you know, we should, that'd be cool if we could bring people there. And then all of a sudden, leaders from across the country are flying into this, this location for a training. And Luke and I are at the training, and there's probably 100 people there. And we are like what if we brought him some boldness came on in the on the inside of us because I had got filled with the power of God a few months earlier at our young adult conference and I and I realized there was something different I wouldn't normally be bold and be like yeah let's invite a hundred people who are like influencers who are success who are all these what if they what if they don't like it what I had a boldness inside of me he had a bold, it was like who cares what if they come what if they get saved what if they don't what if they do and so we invited him he took 40 I took 40 and I think we had about, I think 40 people actually ended up coming. And uh, they heard the gospel. They were lost people, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, I was lost, they were lost. And uh, and they got, I remember I was, I, was, I was sitting in the altar call. We were sitting at the very end of service. And you know how you're kind of looking, like, to see if your friend, like, raise your hand. And uh, and I remember just sitting there, like, praying, praying. Come on, God, come on. Come on, you can do it, I believe. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. 40 hands go up, 40 people walk down here. They gave their lives to Jesus in one moment, in one moment. But I promise you I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, because that takes a certain level of boldness that I, in myself, do not have. And, uh, but now 40 people's lives are drastically different. Um, and, uh, and, and God wants to do the same thing with you. And it doesn't always have to look like an invite to church. It could be you sitting down with somebody at their couch and just talking to them about life, talking to them about Jesus, talking to them about or you just being successful in your market, it looks different for everybody. And the second thing that kind of came upon me when I uh, got filled with the power of God was passion, passion. The first definition of passion in the dictionary, like the legit dictionary, not like Christianary, like dictionary, Merriam-Webster dictionary, is Christ's suffering. Because even the world recognizes that if that's not passion, then what is? The second definition is intense driving or overwhelming feeling or conviction. And I gotta be honest, when I got saved and when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I got consumed. I was consumed. And it was never something I thought I would be consumed by. I became consumed because now the spirit of the living God, the same one that rose Jesus from the dead, lived inside of me. And so he yearned to see his people saved. He yearned to see his people in freedom. And the same spirit that lives in me lives in you. If you're saved, you have the same same spirit. And so something inside of you wants to do something great for God. And if we're not on fire, if we're not passionate, and I've been there, trust me, it hasn't been four years of nonstop flames, like that, that did not know. There's been moments, there's been moments of me thinking about all the other things I could be doing with my life, all the other moments, all the other things, all the other opportunities, when the cares of this world Get in the way of the main thing, eternity, I know I gotta get back. I gotta get back in worship. I gotta get back in prayer. I gotta get back to church. I gotta be around people like Pastor Vince and Becca who are passionate, who are excited, who wanna build the kingdom of God and see people's lives change. And I'm not saying that having nice things and living a comfortable life is bad, because it's really not, as long as those things don't have us. And when I got saved, I realized the life I had always desired, 22 years of searching, 22 years, of miserable, not finding, hopelessness, the life I wanted with purpose, with peace, with prosperity, with fulfillment, with love, with generosity, with living a big life was actually in a relationship with Jesus. I remember the first time actually hearing uh, Matthew 633 and I was in a connect group and my connect leader was like helping me like learn scripture and read the Bible because I started in like I, I grew up Jewish, so I started in like Leviticus. And he's like, no, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go back. Um, let's read the Gospels. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the first time I said, hey, I, I can't memorize all this stuff, but give me like one or two scriptures, I'll memorize those ones. I'll like figure, I'll get those ones. And so he gave me Matthew 6:33. If we could put it up in a moment, it's gonna come. But when it comes, okay, it's okay. Joel, tw- that's a good one too. Um, Matthew 6:33 says, seek first, the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness, and all of, these, all of these things shall be added to you. You see, I had, if we can keep that back up. I know I paused for a little bit, but it's for effect. Um, I I lived, I lived, I gotta be honest, I lived my life with this flipped. Seek all of these things in the kingdom. Seek all of these things. Seek success. Seek outside things to make you feel better. Seek what you feel in peace and joy and purpose and life and love will come to you. But that's not what, that's not what this says. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God And all of these things. Everything you've ever wanted is right there. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of him. And I remember hearing this for the first time. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it, this is the secret, this is, this is it. This is what I've been looking for my whole life. And obviously, if people don't know Jesus yet, they just don't know this. They don't know that everything that they're searching for, everything that they're striving for, everything they desire is just in him. He makes it so easy. Because the reality is Jesus is not a way. He's not a truth and he is not a form of life. John 14, six says he is the only way, he is the only truth and he is the only life. There is no alternative. There is no other, no other option. There is one way to get into heaven. There is one way to live an empowered life. There is one way to do what we were called to do here on this earth and it's through him. And if people aren't Christians yet, it's simply because they don't know that. So if all I do on this earth is help people connect to him, then oh my gosh, that's that's all I should be doing anyway but it doesn't look the same for everybody. I remember uh, I got saved and one of my buddies who was in the same company that Luke and I were in, uh, we talked all the time, he was in Florida and, uh, and his name was Mike and, and he, uh, I came home from, from service that night when I got saved and I said, I called him, It's like, dude, I found it. He's like, what, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, I found it, I found, I found it. And he's like, what you, and I told him how I got saved, and I told him, all the personal development, walking on hot coals, everything we had done in the past to try and find purpose and life and whatever, universe. You see, because coexist can't really be a thing because if everything's real, then nothing's real. And so I found the thing, I, I found, I met Jesus for the first time. I told him that story. I said, hey, so I know we've got this conference coming out in Arizona in a little bit. So here's what we're gonna do. And I told him that he was gonna come drive from arizona when he flew in from florida get to our 5 p.m service and i told him how he's going to give his life to jesus told him to raise his hand told him to walk forward i literally told him what he was going to do and i told him like it there's nothing else and that wasn't me that was the holy Ghost. i didn't know theology i didn't even read a bible scripture past the old testament as far as i got ever and uh and so he did and I remember he came and he flew into he flew into Arizona. He's like, dude, I don't know if I have time. I said, you got to drive, you got to drive, you got to drive. He drove like ten hours or whatever it is to San Diego. He got to our central campus like 4:45. Our service started at 5 p.m. And he gets there, and I said, okay, okay, you're gonna sit in the back, sit right out there because that's where I sat because I didn't I didn't know anybody. So we're gonna sit back there, and uh, and as soon as the service comes to a close, he's gonna Pastor Benny Perez was uh, preaching. He's out in Las Vegas. He's got a great church, but he was preaching. I said, as soon as as soon as he gives the inv- invitation, you're just gonna lift your hand and you're going to say, you're going to respond, and then he's going to invite you to walk down and give your life, to, and then you're going to do that. We're going to go in a room, and we're going to pray. And then it, I didn't know any different. So at the end of service, guess what happens? Pastor Benny gives the invitation. He raises his hand, because I nudge him. This is the part, raise your hand. <laughs> Pastor Benny says, walk down. I tell him, walk down, I walk down with him. He's like, you're going down. And he was so excited. He was so joyful, because for the first time in his life, for the first time in our lives, we had found the truth. And he went in the back room and we prayed and he got saved that moment. I I don't know even, he might have gotten saved beforehand because I was like, I don't even, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the sinner's prayer. I didn't know any of that. I just knew he had to come. And uh, it was funny because we were in the prayer room and we were, you know, someone was praying with him. He's like, So you came all the way from Florida just for this? And he's like, Well, yeah. Alex said it was like the only way to do it. Shoot. But who cares? Because. If it's gonna be a plane ticket, it's gonna be a plane ticket. If it's gonna be an invitation to Easter, it's gonna be an invitation to Easter. Whatever it takes to see someone spend eternity in heaven, we have to do. We have to be willing, we have to be able. Whatever it takes, it's worth it. And then right after that, the, the prayer team member remember was like, well, hey man, we'll find your church just like this like 10 minutes from you. He was like, whatever man, I'm in San Diego, this is awesome. And so he got connected, he is still to this day serving God, serving on his church, serving on the high team actually, and, uh, and, and he's in church every Sunday. And so we don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have a mic to do this. You don't have to be talented and worship, you, don't have to, you just have to be filled with the power of God, you gotta be filled with some bull, he'll give you the words to speak. And, uh, and I have a couple other stories, but the last one I'll just, I'll skip one and I'll, I'll just share this last one. This one's a more recent one. This was uh, just a little under a year ago. And uh, we have our musical productions *Hero* and Twisted out in San Diego. And uh, before I came on to staff at our church, I was actually at a startup, a social media startup. And the two founders were pretty young, and I was pretty close with them. And so when I got saved, I was like, hey, you guys got to come to church, come to church, come to church. And they were like, no, I ain't coming to church. Like, not coming to church. Not not, not happening. And uh, I kept inviting, kept inviting. Nothing happened, nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, uh, the musical was coming up. And it was twisted. And so little did I know, one of the founders, his girlfriend actually loved musicals. And so I invited him to that thinking like, well, I'll just invite him to everything until he says yes. And finally he said yes, because she loved music. I said, great, I have tickets for you. I hadn't gotten tickets, so I had to go online and get tickets. And uh, and so they came and at the end of it, we do an altar call at every single show. And uh, at the end of it, she raised her hand. And that was amazing. like. We can get excited about that, we wanna cheer a little bit, that was cool. Yeah, she got saved, woo! And then uh, Hero came along, which was like coming up, we're actually in Hero this next week. Um, and uh, and it was the the second one, and so I invited them again, thinking it was just gonna be them, and I was kind of uh, mad that he didn't raise his hand, but I knew God, God can do anything. So he called, he said, yeah, we'll come, and actually, is it okay if my girlfriend's sis, or mom comes? She's actually got diagnosed with bone cancer, and we don't know how long, she really likes me, would it be okay? And I said, of course. And so, they all end up coming and they're all sitting and I'm watching during the altar call, like like just watching. And the altar call came and I saw, boom, boom, boom. Three hands, three people in heaven. And it cost me $30. And you can't buy salvations, but if I can buy an opportunity for them to at least hear the gospel, that's all I got. And I didn't know at that time that that would be her mom's last time in church. I didn't know that would be her last few months. I didn't know any of that. We prayed and we believed that she would be healed and she was actually getting a lot better and then all of a sudden, right before Twisted of this year, um, she suddenly passed away. Because the thing is, you don't know when someone's last moment is. We think we know, we think we have all this time, we think we can figure it out, we think we can, let me just get my finances in order and then I'll start you know, I'll start reaching my neighbors. Let me, let me just start, let me get my fan and then I'll start, but we don't know. But I'm thankful that I had a church that empowered me to be the invite. Not just because I can invite them to church, but because they empowered me and said, hey, why don't you excel at work? Why don't you be the top producer in that office where you can have some influence and invite them and they actually go out of respect to you not because they know you have your Bible open at the office, but because they see something different on the inside of you. And so now I know that Casey KCMR, when they get to heaven, they'll get to see her mom there. And that's priceless. And so right now I wanna, I wanna pray because the greatest miracle, we see healings, we see people, we see all kinds of miracles in our church. But the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation because that lasts a whole lot of time. So I want to pray for some people here maybe today who haven't received that miracle who haven't accepted that miracle. So if everyone could just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for a couple types of people. Maybe maybe you're like me. Maybe you didn't grow up in church or maybe you grew up with a couple different religions or whatever the case and you say, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Jesus. This Jesus you're talking about I've never heard of. I've heard of another I've heard of but I've never heard of Jesus." And you're saying, "I don't want life to be the same. Or you're saying, I wanna, I wanna know that because I believe in Jesus, that I'll spend eternity in heaven with him because that decision actually matters. And you're ready to receive him today and his open invitation to you. Because 2000 years ago, God sent his only son to die on a cross for you. For God so loved you that he sent Jesus. So I wanna pray for you in a moment. I just want you to think about that. And then the second group of people, maybe you, once walked with God, but you fell away, you ran away, you walked away, whatever the case is, but you're no longer with him, you're no longer close, so I'm gonna, I wanna pray for you too. So on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand just so I know who I can include in my prayer. If everyone's eyes closed and head bowed, if that's one of you too, if you're one of those two, if you could just lift your hand so I could see on the count of three. One, friend, God loves you. Two, I promise you'll never be the same. Three, if you could lift your hand just so I could see. If we get the lights down a little bit. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand up back, I see your hand. I see your hands right here up front. I see your hand over to the right, sir. I see your hand in the middle. You could just lift your hand high enough so I could see it, and then you can put it down once I see it. I see your hand in the back, I see your hand. I'm just gonna wait 20 more seconds. I'm gonna wait for you, because someone waited for me. If your heart's pounding right now and you're not sure what to do, friend, raise your hand, lift your hand, respond to Jesus today. He wants to enter your heart. He wants to change everything in your life. I see you up near the back. I see you right there. I see you. Just five more seconds. Is there just just one more? Is there one more person? One more person. Friend, respond. Just lift your hand. Jesus will see you. Incredible, incredible. Church, we can open our eyes. We had a ton of people raise their hands. And I honestly, I haven't figured out how to, and I said I would pray with you, but I, I haven't figured out how to fly around a room yet. Um, so I wanna do something a little special, is that okay? I wanna, I wanna actually invite those of you who raised your hands to come down and actually pray with me personally. I wanna meet you, I wanna shake your hand. I'm gonna step from behind this pulpit. But in a moment, uh, I'm gonna do that. And if you could, if someone was next to you and raised their hands, I want you to just turn to them and smile and say, hey, I'll walk down with you. If you raised your hand, you know you should have come down. Why don't you come down? If someone who you're sitting next to, you know should have raised their hand, they didn't, smile, use your teeth, and say, hey, I'll walk down with you. But, church, can we stand up, and can we applaud and celebrate as the people come down and meet? And I can pray with them.
1: Come on, let's celebrate.
0: The soul's in heaven now. Come on.